0: All right, what's up everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Newt News. Since we were last with you, the Redbirds have been on an absolute tear. They've won eight of their last 10, uh, and the streak's even better than that. We'll get into the numbers coming up next. We just wanna give you a quick shout out at the beginning. Quick reminder, we've got merch up. Uh, I know we haven't plugged it as much recently, um, but everything right now is 15% off for just a couple more days on our website. So please um, check that out. There'll be links and everything. our Twitter, our Instagram. So please check that out. We've got some super awesome stuff. We'd love to see, uh, especially some of you who go to the ballpark. We'd love to see some new news gear out there. So please uh, check that out. So yeah, we want to talk about a couple of awesome series that have happened recently. So the Cardinals, since we were last with you, finished off a sweep of the Red Sox. Uh, they came home, took two or three from the Brewers. And then earlier today, uh, secured a series victory against the Dodgers by taking three of four. It's been a fantastic stretch. Uh, And before that, obviously, we remember a great Cubs series. So the Cardinals have really put to rest some of the early season doubts. Sure, there's still six games below 500, but I think everyone sees the talent shining through. Um, So we're going to go back. We're going to recap each of these series. And then, as we do normally, we'll preview and get some cool storylines. So, Andrew, let's talk a little bit about the end of that Red Sox series.
1: Yeah, so Cardinals-Red Sox. um, I think some Red Sox fans are a little bit upset with that series because mm-hmm. they really should have won two out of three. Yeah. Um. Kenley Jansen comes in in the ninth. Game one, blows it. Game two, three pitch clock violations. Wilson mm. Contreras is messing with them, blows it again. And then on Sunday, on Mother's Day, the Cardinals just completely destroy the Red Sox. Nine-one. Yeah. Lars Newbar's mom is surprising him on the broadcast. Mm-hmm. Everything is good. The vibes are great. Then we go into oh, yeah. Milwaukee, take two of three score 18 runs jack Flaherty throws a gem and then this week take three out of four against the dodgers so i think i think we're looking pretty good now would you say you're bought back in i
0: never sold my stock okay i i'm here to say i never sold my stock in this team um i i feel like i've encouraged patience uh and sort of just uh you know um uh, what's the word uh, patient temperament all season long when dealing with this team uh, and obviously, I'm going to continue to stick with that because this is still a small sample size of great games and winning. But I think the talent is starting to show through um, that offense that we all really believed in in the preseason has been unstoppable, impossible to contain lately. Uh, as Andrew mentioned, the Cardinals beat down the Red Sox in the final game of that series. They they won 9-1 and then followed that up with an 18-run outburst against Milwaukee. Uh, And then in the series against the Dodgers in the games, they've scored 16 and then they got shut out, uh, but then they put up six and then 10 today. So you've seen the Cardinals this week averaging over seven runs a game. It's been really great. This offense has been really tough to stop. And today, uh, per Jeff Jones, nine of the Cardinals, 10 runs were driven in by Oscar Mercado, Paul DeYoung and Brendan Donovan, just as we drew it up. So it shows that even when Paul Goldschmidt, I mean, he went over five, even when he has an off day right now, there's enough talent in this lineup to score even on that kind of day. So just really great stuff. So I really want to talk about the Brewers series. Uh, The Cardinals in game one, as we mentioned, scored 18 runs. I think the biggest talking point from that game was Jack Flaherty. He looked fantastic, easily his best start of the season. Let me get the numbers really quickly, but, Jay Flair went seven innings, picked up the win, allowed no runs, just three hits, and only two walks, which is really encouraging considering the control issues he's had this year. And he recorded 10 strikeouts. That's a massive performance from Jack. I think it's really a step in the right direction. You saw his fastball velocity trending up, and that's been a little bit of you know, a prickly storyline lately. Andrew, what can you tell us about that?
1: Yeah, I think Jack Flaherty had some words to say to Derek Gould when asked about velocity, something Mm. about the art of pitching. I think he was pretty clearly frustrated just with himself and with the performance of the team. But he showed in Milwaukee that he still has it. He still has what it takes to be an ace, although that doesn't come out every start. Like we saw today, gave up a couple runs, wasn't quite as sharp, but it was still enough to give the Cardinals what they need. Um, And... To be honest, if the offense is going to perform like this every day, even against Clayton Kershaw, who's still shown that he's one of the best pitchers in the league, I'm not all that worried about Jack Flaherty being like a legit ace. I would like to have an ace going into the playoffs because I do think that we are going to start looking towards playoffs now. Um, I think we're, we're we're past the the Cardinals are are dead, and like we're we passed Chicago, Cincinnati. We're back in third place the pirates are next brewers so on we're only like five yeah. games back now so we can start looking towards playoffs i'd like to have an ace is that going to be flaherty probably not but he's still going to go out there every five days and give us exactly what we need which is a chance to win the game we don't want to see any more blow-up starts like giving yeah. up 10 minutes to, to the angels without mike in the wild that wasn't good but i think we've started to see some more promise and I think Flaherty's going to really find it.
0: Yeah, so obviously Flaherty didn't look his best today, but he actually was pretty sharp through the first four innings. Ran into a little bit of trouble in the (laughs) fifth frame, gave up a couple runs. One of those came around on a balk, though. He still held them to three runs, just four hits allowed. The walks came back to bite him more this time. Flaherty didn't show a ton of control. Uh, He had a hit-by-pitch. Oh, no, that was was a tour. never mind. But he did issue four walks, only five strikeouts. That's still better than one strikeout per inning, though, which is kind of a mark you look for in a starter. And he was all right. You know, as Andrew said, Flaherty gave us a chance to win this ball game. And that's actually part of, I think, a larger phenomenon around the Cardinals, uh, especially recently, where you've seen the pitching has improved a lot. Um, I think a lot of the concerns about the pitching staff are actually pretty overblown. I see a lot of frustrated takes on Twitter where people say the Cardinals can't win with this pitching staff. But I don't think that's true. Let me read off how many, how many runs the Cardinals have given up in each of their last 10 games. They gave up six to Boston, three, one, one, three, zero, eight to the Dodgers. But of those eight runs, five were unearned, five, five, five. In each of those games, the pitching has either been average because you expect a team to score roughly four and a half to five runs per game. So the pitching's either been average or well above average. They've recorded a shutout in there, a couple of one-run games, and that's exactly what you expect from a solid pitching staff. And that has led the Cardinals pitching staff to rank inside the top 16. I think they're a top 15 staff now. Just give me a second to find this stat here. Yeah. Yeah. The Cardinals pitching staff has been a lot better than people have given them credit this year. They rank 17th in the league right now with an ERA of 4.31, which is, you know, much, much better than teams that people generally assume have better staffs than them. The Marlins, Angels, Diamondbacks, Phillies, Mets, Red Sox are all competent teams who rank well behind the Cardinals. So I think a lot of that's really overblown. I'm really, really encouraged by what I've seen lately. Yeah, I
1: can tell you the Angels from watching them, their, their pitching staff is not nearly as, as good as the Cardinals, especially with that back-end rotation and bullpen. It's just not, mm-hmm. not going to hold up. And we've seen some of this, like you mentioned, in the eight-run, 16-8 eight game. A lot of those runs scored on errors. A lot of those runs shouldn't have really scored. That Freddie Freeman Grand Slam never should have happened. Um, but a lot of the times we're throwing pitchers out there that we necessarily – not necessarily would have. Like today – we threw Matt Liberator in a relief situation, which he's not really used to. He's never really been a bullpen arm before. He gives up a couple of runs, but we're already up like nine to three. So does it really matter? Not really. So you can afford to give up those runs in, in situations where you're up by a lot. Like it's fine. You'll see that yeah. we give up five runs, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, like yesterday, I would have liked the Cardinals not to have given up five runs, Um uh, goes got bailed out on a pretty pretty questionable call, good frame yeah. job by Wilson Contreras. but you you'd like to not have to go there. Um, but a lot of the times, if you want to give up a couple more runs to save your good relief arms, it's fine.
0: Um, so we've been talking obviously about a great stretch for the Cardinals, but a lot of people, especially even after the Brewer series, a lot of people who don't believe in the Brewers. We're saying stuff along the lines of, well, I want the Cardinals to do it against a real team. And that's what you got this weekend. That's exactly what we got this week. The Cardinals had the Dodgers who are the hottest team in baseball come into town. And we really showed them who's boss Cardinals take three of four. Looked pretty dominant. in two of the games today, winning by five. Uh, and in the first game, putting up 16 on that vaunted Dodgers pitching staff and they looked fantastic. Um Now, I want to share a couple of interesting stats. A lot of people will say the Cardinals and Dodgers are not comparable teams, but I actually don't think that's true, especially pitching-wise. So people will say, oh, the the Dodgers have a fantastic pitching staff. But when you look at ERA, Team ERA, are you ready for this? The Dodgers, they rank 16th at 4.29. The Cardinals rank 17th at 4.31, almost identical. Uh, The difference here is in terms of total runs allowed. So first, we're going to look at earned runs allowed. The Dodgers have allowed 202 earned runs and the Cardinals have allowed 203. So pretty negligible difference here, almost identical. The difference comes in total runs allowed. The Dodgers have allowed 212 total runs while the Cardinals have allowed 227. That 15 runs makes a big difference. And that's exactly what I've been saying. The Cardinals have had a lot of bad luck this year. And I think finally you're seeing a little bit of that go away. But this is showing what the difference between the Cardinals and a pitching staff that everyone thinks is a lot better. I mean, it's it's truly the bad luck. I the mean, Cardinals a little, so many unearned score.
1: Yeah, with a little bit of good luck, you win that game uh, yeah. against Gonzalez and you sweep the series. Like you have Arenado making an error. Mats was pretty good the entire night. Like he can't really him there, um, and that run com- comes a around to score like 100 yeah. run uh it tends to happen a lot with the Cardinals and then you have Goldie yeah. hit a missile in the center field and Outman robs him he hits that like two or three feet further and that's gone it's a one nothing game in favor what of if history.
0: Outman doesn't make the play of the year for the Dodgers that's yeah. that's over like that that was impressive
1: and then you don't throw Stratton who gives up like four runs and then you win the exactly. game so you you can see that like anyone who's downing the Cardinals. Like obviously credit to the Dodgers for pushing that run across Outman for making that great catch. Like we're not saying, yeah. oh, the Dodgers didn't deserve the win. No, they did. But if a couple of things had gone the Cardinals way, then you know, it we're yeah. looking at a four game sweep of one of the best teams in the league. So
0: absolutely. What, like
1: this team is for real.
0: Yeah, and this, this really puts to bed a lot of the doubts people had coming out of that last Dodgers series. I mean, we saw the Cardinals look pretty overmatched in L.A. Um, even in the game where the pitching staff showed up, they ended up losing one nothing, and that was Kershaw's last start against the Cardinals. So it was really nice to see them, um, I mean, beat him down today. They got him out of the game uh, in the fourth frame, which was great to see. Ran up that pitch count. It was awesome, uh, frankly, after watching him almost, you know, didn't he take a no-hitter into the sixth or seventh in that last game?
1: Yeah, I was talking about something about Clayton Kershaw as a perfect game. But um, yeah. yeah, it was it was not a great showing by the Cardinals offense. We did a lot better today. Um, I think uh, staff from Jeff Jones, again, had the first time in Clayton Kershaw's career where he gave up three doubles in the same inning, and that was today. Thanks to Oscar Mercado, uh, who has been really, really good for us, if you want to talk about him a little bit.
0: i'd love to um oscar mercado has been so much fun since he came up obviously it's a tiny sample size it's one series but he was fantastic um so andrew and i were actually at two games in this series we made it out to the first one uh where mercado kind of just you know was that spark they needed that stolen base was absolutely massive to get into scoring position come around um and then sort of swiped home twice Came home on that one wild pitch that really didn't get too far away from Smith. So that was an impressive move by him. Very heads up. And then also uh, went home on that Goldie steal. By the way, you know, Goldschmidt leads the team in steals. Fun fact, he's got seven already this year. He's an absolute unit out there on the base now. Um, But Mercado also hitting almost 600 right now. I think in the two games we were at, he hit 750. So he's been a lot of fun to watch. He's played good defense in the outfield. He's gotten what you need. Uh, out there and the production at the plate's awesome I mean he was our player of the game today what he had I think it was three for four with five ribbies and just tons of fun to watch uh, by the way I just want to continue something I, I mentioned earlier offensively the Cardinals and the Dodgers are pretty similar too I mean the Dodgers have scored 260 runs to the Cardinals 245 so these teams really don't have a lot uh, separating them they both have middling pitching staffs and elite offenses. The Cardinals are now top five in MLB and runs scored. They've scored more runs than the Braves, the Orioles, the Yankees, the Twins, Jays, Mets, teams that you guys might think have much better offenses. The Cardinals are right there. They're right there with the Red Sox, Dodgers and Rays among the top offenses in baseball. And obviously the Rangers who have been unbelievable this year, uh, but they're right up there. They're a top five offense. Uh, a middling pitching staff and that's the type of recipe that can send a team to the playoffs so I don't know maybe money mo wins again
1: I mean DeYoung has more homers this season than the four premier free agent catchers or (laughs) catchers shortstops uh Swanson Bogarts and uh Correa so I don't know maybe maybe he knows what's going on didn't bring back Quintana he got hurt right away so maybe he's he's traveling back in time or something and giving us something giving us some some good vibes just wanted to make a quick note just looking here on twitter that will uh max muncie is blaming the cardinals catchers for bullying the umpires into giving them good calls i don't really know what that was all about he got tossed today on a call that was pretty much pretty clear to everyone that that was a strike yeah the Cardinals catchers bullied ump's for favorable calls. So not only is Wilson Contreras the reason that the Cardinals pitchers can't pitch, he's the reason that the Dodgers hitters can't hit. So I guess he's just doing everything. Everything is Wilson Contreras' fault in today's
0: world. <laughs> just grow up and play baseball. Yeah, that's kind of a common theme during this streak that I've noticed. Right? I mean, the Red Sox, Red Sox announcers were irate. Uh, their post game was hilarious. I'm sorry that Wilson Contreras manipulated the rules. That's the rules, okay? Like, don't complain. Wilson Contreras didn't break a single rule. He just threw Kenley Jansen out of rhythm and that's fine. I don't see a problem with that at all. If Kenley Jansen wants to work fast and he's not allowed to by rule because Wilson Contreras isn't in the box, sorry, you're going to have to adjust. And then the Brewers announcers, oh my gosh, that was just so whiny. It was so pathetic. I mean, they're like, oh no, he's in the grass. Well, it's legal. Okay. You just have to be within a couple feet of the base path. I'm sorry that Brendan Donovan made a heads up play and your team sucks. So it's just a little ridiculous. People whining about Wilson Contreras. Oh. He's got a chip on his shoulder and he plays hard. Get over it, you know? Get over it, Max Muncy. I'm sorry you watched strike three and got tossed. But that is not Contreras' fault. Swing the bat. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I think it's so funny. And, and the people whining about, yeah, it was, it was a questionable call that ended the game the other night. It wasn't a great call. But again, the Cardinals have put themselves in a position to win the game. They're up in the bottom of the ninth inning. The umpire makes one bad call. It happens to be right there. Sorry. You know? Uh, but if the Dodgers want to complain, be winning at that point. Be up. Don't be down. So that there's a bottom of the ninth and you can close it out. So I really don't feel that bad. Um, I think it's hilarious that Contreras so-called bullied an umpire. How does that even work? Don't you get tossed if you do that? <laughs> it's absolutely hilarious. I
1: don't know. Uh one person who hasn't been bullying umpires, though, has been bullying some baseballs. Do you want to talk about Gorman real quick? Your Nolan favorite.
0: Gorman, what a revelation. He's been unreal this year. He's now the NL OPS Plus leader. He leads the league in slugging. He's slugging over 640. I saw a tweet today from Bernie Miklas, who's been around quite a while, and he said something along the lines of, only two hitters have ever truly impressed me, truly shocked me in their first Uh, full season and those are Albert Pujols and Nolan Gorman so that's some high praise Um, but Gorman looks to have the capability to be a really really great player he seems to be growing into his stardom Uh, I think yesterday was probably the high point of his season and there have been a lot of great moments Um, but obviously for those of you watching and those of you didn't we'll cover it real quick Goldschmidt comes up with a runner on I believe it was the eighth inning right yeah Uh, yeah I mean go ahead Gorman uh, as we talked about earlier in the year with the Rockies. Um, but Goldschmidt comes up with a runner on, and they've got the lefty out there, so they intentionally walk Goldie to get that lefty-lefty mashup that they wanted. And what does Gorman do? He absolutely ambushes the 1-1 pitch right down the middle and just crushes it. When it, when it went off the bat, I thought it was going into the Budweiser Terrace. That thing was absolutely roped, just smoked out uh, to deep right field, 400 feet, 106 off the bat, I mean, it's just a special season he's having. Andrew, what are some things that have really stuck out to you?
1: Yeah, he spikes the bat immediately after that, shows some passion. He's been a little bit of a quiet player, kind of like Goldie. But that was really cool to see him, like, show the emotion after hitting that go-ahead home run. He hasn't been playing against lefties, which I think is a, a mistake. He didn't play today. It was a scheduled day off against Kershaw. Like, that's fine. Uh, not Not too upset with that, but I really want to see him become an everyday player. And with Clayton Kershaw pitching today, um, you didn't see him in the lineup, but all he did say that Gorman is going to get a lot more at-bats against left-handed pitching. And the craziest out to me is that he is second in the league in RBIs despite yeah. not playing for the most part against lefties. I think this the game against Urias on Thursday was the first – one of the first times this season he started against a lefty pitcher – so he's getting those RBIs really quick, always clutch with two outs. So yeah. I think he's been a real revelation for us. And we talked about Goldie and Arnauto not showing up in the playoffs. Well, you know what, what helps with that is if they don't show up again this year, you have Gorman and you have Contreras who can show up in the playoffs for you and give you those yeah. big bucks. So I'm not all that worried. I think we can hopefully make it past the wild card round. I don't know. I don't want to say
0: that. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's just a huge part of this offense's success is its depth. And that's something that last year, there was definitely an argument that the Cardinals were a really top-heavy offense. Sure, you had you had a lot of role players like Donovan who slapped it around quite a bit. You know, I mean, they were doing their job, but it was really, really reliant on Goldie and Arenado having great games every night. And Goldie won you an MVP. He, he was awesome. But he can't carry a team in a series when he doesn't have it. And that's how it felt in Philadelphia or at, against Philadelphia at home. And this year, like Andrew said, you've got more guys that can carry that load. Hopefully Jordan Walker's up soon as well, um, because I think as he grows into himself, it's going to be exciting to watch him uh, help shoulder that load. But right now, you know, Gorman, Contreras, even DeYoung, any of them seems like they can carry the offense on a given day. It's just so exciting.
1: All what was seven, that? seven all-stars, you know, you got Goldie, Arnato. Gorman's definitely an all-star. Yeah. Contreras, maybe an all-star helsley you are i'm gonna we're gonna try to lobby for nupar to be an all-star everyone in japan should be voting for lars nupar in the outfield doesn't matter how how uh how bad his stats are but they're they're actually really good um de young could be an all-star helsley gallegos just named like eight. talking players.
0: about de young in the context of the all-star game feels so weird So 2019.
1: 2019 NL all-star shortstop, Paul DeYoung. We're trying to trade him this offseason, but now it's actually looking like he could be a two-time all-star, which is great.
0: Well, I mean, the DeYoung case is so interesting because the Cardinals have this option on him. And uh, someone brought something up recently to me uh, that I hadn't really considered with him before. But it's basically the Cardinals could pick up that option. And if he plays well enough this year, they they should pick it up no matter what, right? Mm -hmm. $13 million for a player who's going to give you gold glove caliber defense. Because we know DeYoung's a premium defender. Yeah. If if he can stay in the lineup, he provides so much value at shortstop, right? So, you know, you know, you want him in the field. And right now his bat's fantastic today. I mean, he absolutely crushed that ball into the bullpen. It's been really encouraging what he's done. Like Andrew said before, he's been a better hitter than any of the four shortstops who people made a big deal about this off And maybe this is the young comes back from triple a and goes crazy um, that we saw last year. But this feels a little bit more sustainable. I think there are actual differences in his swing significant mechanical changes that's really exciting to see so I think the Cardinals might pick up that option and then look to trade him because he can be a serious bargain at 13 million dollars we've seen guys who are less productive like Cody Bellinger and recent years, get more than that so I mean for a team that's looking for a short-term solution at shortstop if you can get to Young one year 13 million dollars I don't really know who's saying no to that
1: i mean yeah 954 ops through 72 78 at bats is a bit of a small sample size but it's it's a lot longer than that time he went off in the series against the yankees hit like two yeah. runs and then fell off for the rest of the season um he's yeah. looking really solid not striking out nearly as much putting the ball yeah. in play and when he puts the ball in play it usually goes over the wall which is what we like to see um yeah. But yeah. I'd be really curious to see if, if they pick up that De Young option because everyone's saying, oh, it's the last year of De Young. Finally, we can get rid of De Young. But I mean, the, he might stick around for another year. And I, I, well, I don't think I wouldn't really mind.
0: I don't think De Young's going to be on the roster next year, whether he keeps this up or not. I think if you're the Cardinals, you look at Paul De Young and he's either dead weight or he's an asset um i think even if he has a great year even if he because i think they can move him at the deadline because you have you have a, kind of a glut of options in your middle infield right now <laughs> eventually you're going to have to clear space for mason Wynn. That that's just that's something that you have to look at in the future there and you still have tommy edmund brandon donovan you know and nolan gorman and you have if you're going to get gorman to the lineup against left-handed pitching now if he's going to be an everyday player and his defense has improved He's not a great defender right now, but he's made some some really good plays. That game-saving play against Milwaukee, I mean, he, he's made a couple of significant contributions defensively this year. So I think that they might look to deal him at the deadline and say, look, this is a guy who, if you like him, you get another year out of him. That could add some value. But even if he survives the deadline, stays with this team through whatever they happen to do in August, September, and October, I think even if they pick up the option, He's going to get traded. I just, I, I see Mason Wynn being a contributor at some point next season. Maybe he makes the opening day roster, maybe he doesn't. Um, but I think he'll contribute at some point. And you just don't have room for five middle infielders. There's there's not enough at bats to feed that many players. And you're gonna have to get all those guys at bats. So unless like Edmund leaves and kind of a shocker or, or Donovan, which would be really surprising, um, I think DeYoung's gonna get moved one way or another.
1: De Young's one of those guys I really want to see up with, with runners on right now. I mean, I feel like that's most of this lineup, but yeah, like in years past, De Young would come to the play and be like, oh no, this is going to end badly, or is he going to strike out, ground to double play? But now I really want to see De Young up in those big moments. And I think that's really telling to some of the improvements that he's
0: made over the offseason, over spring training. It's really good. Absolutely. Uh, and I think, you know, the way I'm thinking about De Young in the trade deadline now shows kind of a, a larger thing where, people aren't really thinking of the Cardinals as pure sellers anymore. There was a point when the Cardinals fell to 10 and 24. I saw a lot of stuff on Twitter all over the place of people saying stuff along the lines of the Cardinals should sell at the deadline. The Cardinals should trade gold. The Cardinals should look to remove the Arenado contract, which I thought was ridiculous because you don't just get rid of Hall of Famers when they're on your team. Um, But I think once again, people are starting to view the Cardinals as a buyer or at least one of those, you know, mid-tier teams that's going to look to shift some pieces around and be clever. So maybe you do a little bit of selling with like a DeYoung, but you also use that to bring back assets like a reliever or an interesting prospect who contribute next year or the year after. And so I want to ask, where do you see the Cardinals being involved right now? The biggest need is probably still pitching. Do you think they'll make a move?
1: I think they have to be i'm not i'm looking less at the like infielders that we have and more at the outfielders so
0: mm.
1: tyler o'neill has to come back at some point um that's yeah. like a guarantee mercado's been pretty good um i don't know they're probably going to send him down dfa him or something when o'neill comes back up so he'll slide to the bench and then carlson has to come back at some point jordan walker's yeah. waiting so you have your outfield of O'Neill, Carlson, Newt Bar, which is what we thought it would be at the start of the season, or you have Burleson, Newt Bar, Carlson, or some like there's like a hundred different options you can go with for a viable outfield if you include Walker, O'Neill, Carlson, yes. Burleson, Newt Bar. I probably already said that, but like there's just so many different guys that you can stick in the outfield. It's it's pretty crazy. So I think they have to be involved in the starting pitching market. Like you have to see mm. that. Like, Steven Matz is not a viable starter. Agreed. Um, Jack Flaherty's looked good. Miles Michaelis has looked good. Wainwright's gone after this year, and we don't know what the plan is for him. Maybe he shifts into a bullpen arm like he, like he started. That would be that would be kind of interesting. Um, Libertor has looked good in his first start, but that was a really small sample size. We'll have to see more of yeah. him. But you have to be in on that premier starting pitcher. That wasn't the problem last year in the postseason. Quintana uh, went scoreless. Helsley sort of blew up later. That sort of happens. But it wasn't the pitching's fault, really, for either of the two losses, like the starters. So we have to be in on a starter, though, I think. Because um, yeah. all of the premier teams in the National League have an ace. The Braves have Max Freed. Sure. have Verlander and Scherzer. The Phillies have Nolan Wheeler. We saw that last year. We got burned. Um, The Dodgers have Kershaw and Urias, Gonsolin. Um, The Padres have Darvish and Musgrove, Snell. Like all guys you can trust in a game one. Last year, the Cardinals game one starter was Jose Quintana. We like Quintana here. He did a really good job in game one. Thank you. But that's not always going to play. So we have to be in on maybe a Shane Bieber if Cleveland falls off. Mm um i thought tampa wasn't going to be that good so we could we could be in on one of their stars i don't think that's going to happen they're probably keeping everyone um if the yeah. dumb backs fall off zach gallen could be a guy we go after
0: i, don't, I think zach gallen would cost a king's ransom too controllable too talented yeah i don't know i think that i mean they'd be looking for jordan walker
1: not Marcelo zuna you sure <laughs> i think i think if we we got ozuna from the Braves, they might they might be interested anyway um if we're looking at really big fish like i've been i've drawn up lineups with with this guy with shohei otani maybe if the angels sell otani though i'm not saying the cardinals will get him but they have to sell everyone after that so if they trade otani No one can stay on that team except for like Mike Trout and Rendon, who they can't really move. So, looking at the Angels, let's say they trade Otani to like I don't know the Padres. That would be terrible. But Patrick Sandoval is a guy that you can look at. How many
0: How many years of control does Sandoval have, though?
1: I think he has like maybe two or three years left. But I don't think the Angels would. The Angels probably would look to. I don't know.
0: I look at the Angels. I think they're dis. I think they're dysfunctional, but I think they've been making long-term moves. Like they didn't just sign Tyler Anderson to a one-year deal. Like I mean, he's there, you know. And Sandoval was developed by them. Detmers was developed by them. I don't think they'll necessarily trade everyone. Right. away.
1: I think Patrick. Okay, he's a free agent in twenty-seven. So that's okay. Never mind. He's probably off the table um, for them. But there's there's guys around the league. Like there's teams that that will fall. The White Sox are a team yeah. you can definitely look at. Lucas Chialito uh, has shown ace stuff. Dylan sees I think, is the, is the guy most people would be looking at. The White yes. Sox window of contention seems to have opened and closed within like two years. so That's so tough. <laughs> that's, a team, that's a team that you can also look at. Um, it might cost you a lot, though, because they traded Jose Quintana for like Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez. Was it Luis Robert? No, it was Dylan Cease and Eloy Jimenez. Yes, it was okay, Cease and was, Jimenez. And it might cost you a lot to get to get a Dylan Cease from them, but who knows, it might be worth it.
0: I I think if you're the Cardinals right now, there's not going to be a ton of ace-level pitching to go around at the deadline. And I don't think anyone else helps you that much. Like, I think acquiring a Rich Hill this year no. doesn't really help this team. Um, I think acquiring, maybe Mitch Keller, that's going to be an interesting name come deadline day. If Mitch Keller's still pitching like an ace and you can acquire him, he might be your best option to not move Mason Wynn or Jordan Walker. And that's where I'm going. I think if Bieber becomes available, he's got a year and a half left. I think if Cease becomes available, it's going to cost you at least Mason Wynn. And I just, if you're, if you're, you know, to our viewers, answer this question for yourself Are you willing to part with Mason Wynn? Or are you willing to wait it out on some of the young pitching that's developing? Because I don't know, it'd be really hard for me personally to give up Mason Win, And I'm not sure that I would do that. I, obviously you're going to have to overpay at the deadline. And that's why people wanted Mo to spend money. So he didn't have to spend prospect capital, but we're going to see, you know, it's going to be interesting. Um, but yeah, I think most of those guys that we've named are going to cost you win. Although I think Keller might be the exception.
1: One name I would look at is Aaron Nola. I know we talked about him in the free agent market, but the Phillies are 22 and 24 right now. Bryce Harper's come back, so that team is pretty much as healthy as it's going to be all year. Um, if that Phillies team is for real and they're just going to kind of be middling, Trey Turner hasn't been good, but he's going to be there for a long time. So they got yeah. Turner, Harper, Romuto I think Wheeler's locked up for a long time. So that core is still going to be ready to contend. Would they take some of our outfielders like Alec Burleson, like um, Dylan Carlson for Aaron Nola, because their window of, they're not going to be looking for those prospects. Mason Win maybe um a guy, but you're not going to give him up for a one-year rental of, of Aaron Nola. Like no one would do that. Right. So um, maybe would you be looking at two or three of those mid-tier um, level, like major league, fringe players um, that are all ready
0: where do you see the biggest holes on the phillies roster this is a really interesting thing I, I i think if you're a cardinals fan you should be rooting against the phillies for the rest of the season because if they fall out of contention i think you're right i think aaronola could become available if the phillies are out of contention Obviously, i think we need phillies defensive outfielders season, that's a great that's a great start because you're right on a team that's got harper schwarber and Castellanos, Castellanos. It's... you probably need, and O'Neill could be a really interesting fit in the left field there. Plus, that that park's a bit of a bandbox, and O'Neill's a power hitter if he can stay healthy. I think it, I think it takes more than O'Neill though, even to get a rental. I think maybe if you were to package O'Neill and an intriguing reliever, the Phillies bullpen is really bad.
1: We also have a reliever, like cabby, like, O'Neal. What's that?
0: like an Andre
1: Pallante or something. That would be
0: mm. I think Pellante might be a lot though. That's a lot of service time still. What about what about a resurgent cabbie?
1: That could be interesting. Uh, I think their bullpen is pretty lefty heavy though. So they might yeah. be interested in like a hard throw. Maybe a Zach Thompson could be interesting because we, we don't know well, what we're doing. Also,
0: also left-handed. Yeah. We'll see though. I think I think, yeah, you probably need a mix of MLB ready outfield talent that has defensive capabilities, maybe Dylan Carlson in a one for one, but that's probably giving up a lot on the Cardinals. end. I think this front office still believes in Carlson. Um, he's, he's younger than O'Neill and doesn't have the same injury history as O'Neill. but we'll have to see. I think that's really interesting. So moving forward, root against the Phillies, hope they fall out of contention and hope Aaron Kola becomes available. Um, but I think that's going to wrap up this episode of Newt news. I want to do one more thing before we finish. We're riding the Gorman hype train right now. Just give me a number, Andrew. How many home runs does Nolan Gorman hit in 2023?
1: I think the projected number over a 162 game season was like 44, which is crazy. Um, yeah, he's like third in the league right now. Yeah, he's, what 13 home runs? Arenado has 12. I think they were both on the top five leaderboard. Let's say 37. I think that's a- going to say 40. Ooh,
0: wow. I think I think he's going to be a second baseman with the ability to hit 40 home runs. I think he's going to do it this year. I'm I'm so excited for Gorman. And I think if he hits 40 home runs, there could be some down-ballot support um, for, for a little bit of a dark horse MVP, kind of like O'Neill in 2021 type of season. So I'm really excited to see what Gorman brings to the table. But yeah, all in all, um, it's been a great week to be a Cardinals fan. Looking ahead, uh, real quick, we've got Cincinnati and Cleveland coming up. So the Cardinals are off for an Ohio road trip. Uh, they'll play again tomorrow night. Personally, I can't wait. <laughs> I don't want to wait 24 hours for this game. I want to <laughs> keep the keep the momentum going. Uh, I can't wait to see them get into this. I think by the end of this week, you could see the Cardinals within a few games of 500, which would just be such a turnaround. Considering I mean, they're were... 6-0, it's,
1: it's 500 is there.
0: 6-0 is ambitious. How many of these next six games? Uh, obviously, the Cardinals are on the road where they've actually been better this season. Uh, they're 10-12 and 12 on the road compared to i believe 11 and 15 at home how do you how do you see the cardinals going
1: so we have four against the reds and three against the Guardians. oh so
0: seven games seven
1: yeah. games so we don't have an off day for a minute but then we get yeah. two off days in a row after the kansas City. that's weird um, really but i'm gonna say five and two i say we take three or four from the reds and i think we lose the game that shane beaver pitches maybe that gives mo an idea you know maybe this guy's kind of good yeah. um but then I think once – I'm going to say by June 4th, because we have two against the Royals and three against the Pirates who have really fallen off. I
0: say by June 4th, the Cardinals are by, back to 500. Wow. And getting within 500 probably puts you second in the division. Yes. And depending on how the Brewers fare, with a pretty tough upcoming schedule, you could see the Cardinals within striking distance to the point where one series could change – you know, leadership of the division could change hands –
1: yeah, if we're being a schedule pod, we have three against the Astros for the Brewers, four against the Giants, which the Giants haven't been great, and then three against the Blue Jays. So wow. if they – I think they would consider it a successful road trip if they went 500. I don't know if they can. The Houston has resurged a little bit. Altuve is back. The Blue Jays are always going to be threatening. Um, so they just dropped – I mean, the Blue Jays' record is a little deceiving. They're 25-22, and 22, but they played a lot of games in that a- AL East, which is really brutal right now. Yeah, it's a really um, tough division. To they, they got swept by the Orioles, and then they dropped 3-4 of four to the Yankees. So, I mean, their schedule has been really tough, so I think they're, they've still got it, and they can take down the Brewers.
0: Yeah, hopefully they end up facing Manoa and Gosman. That's all I can say. I hope the Brewers okay. finally face some ace level pitching. They avoided Otani against the Angels, which was frustrating to those of us uh, who are watching that. But yeah, uh, it's been a great week. As we said before, we're looking ahead to another great one. Thanks for joining us on what was a little bit of a disjunctive episode of Newt News. But again, there's just so much positivity. We're bouncing around. Uh, so much fun. Great day at the ballpark. Uh, yeah. You know, we wish you all a great week. Uh, please share, like, subscribe. Um, check out our other stuff check out our merch Um, and yeah everyone have a great week thanks again for joining us and we'll see you real soon